0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: He doesn't like bullies, and he'll call them out. This, this is The Roy Green Show. allowed for several weeks now, uh, an unfair playing field between Canadian and American producers of, of steel and aluminum with tariffs being imposed on Canadian products, but American steel and aluminum being able to come into the country without. So, uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts and, and our primary concern is always those workers who are, are affected by these types of trade disruptions. And uh, and so we do believe that, that on those particular items, it is, it is appropriate to, uh, to take this, this kind of response.
0: Andrew Scheer earlier this hour on the Roy Green show on the Chorus Radio Network, the Conservative Party leader in Canada. And uh, you just a couple of minutes ago heard Dan Kelly, the president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, on the issue of tariffs and uh, what the impact is on small and medium-sized business. Now, I I read uh, on the Fraser Forum, the Fraser Institute's blog, a very interesting piece yesterday. And the... Headline is competitiveness should be a top priority for finance ministers. Let me just read you a few lines from this, and then we'll talk to the executive vice president of the Fraser Institute, Jason Clemens. Uh, Serious concerns about the country's competitiveness hovered above talks this week at the federal-provincial finance ministers meeting in Ottawa, which is not surprising. Canada has become a less appealing place to do business due to higher taxes, new regulations, and uncertainty over access to foreign markets. The list of made-in-Canada policies that have reduced our competitiveness is long and substantial. For instance, most provinces and the federal government have increased personal income tax rates on professionals, entrepreneurs, and business owners. Now the top personal income tax rate exceeds 50% in seven provinces with the remaining three within a hair of 50%. Jason Clemens is... The executive vice president of the Fraser Institute. He's the co-author of "Competitiveness Should Be a Priority for Finance Minister." Mr. Clements, thank you for taking the time. And could you just address uh, the first part of uh, of your of your piece that I blog piece that I just read? What do our taxes say to the international investor, or what do our taxes actually also say to the Canadian investor?
1: Sure. Well, I, I think there's really two aspects uh, on the tax issue. One is just what's the absolute number uh and so certainly when you've got seven of the ten provinces now over 50 percent, what it tells entrepreneurs or business owners or investors is that at the margin you're going to lose half of whatever gains you make from investing creating a new company working uh, additional hours uh, taking on risks that the return to the person or their family or their business is going to be less than half of the overall gain and then the second aspect that we have to understand is how do we line up with our competitors? So, in other words, it's it's one thing to have rates over 50% if everybody else is over 50%. Um, and I think there's still problems with, with those kind of punitive rates, but it's a very different situation if we're over 50% and our competitors are well below 50%. And so, there's actually two problems for us. One is we've moved from having a moderate problem with personal income taxes, which uh, Prime Minister can acknowledged, Prime Minister Harper, and Prime Minister Paul Martin all acknowledged, as well as a number of provincial premiers. Um, ignoring that advice, we've now ramped up personal income tax rates to the point, again, over s- seven of the 10 provinces are over 50%, and we're just not competitive with most of the other industrialized countries when it comes to personal income tax rates.
0: Mm-hmm. When I talk to people uh, outside this country, uh, whether it's in the United States or whether it's in uh, in some other jurisdictions, whenever I mention that our income tax rates are what they are, there's a sharp exhale at the other end of the line. And and people find it difficult to believe that uh, that this really is what's going on in Canada. And somebody actually made the point. Then uh, why would I invest in your country? And you go on in the blog piece to write large deficits in Ottawa. So now we ha- we have the tax situation, and then we have deficits, large deficits in Ottawa, and many provinces have created uncertainty about additional future tax increases. So the deficits are going to require the government takes in money, which means they'll get us for more taxes.
1: No, that's right. I mean the, the overall gist of our piece that we wrote on the that you mentioned on the blog it, is is really trying to point out across so many areas of policy where provincial governments and the federal government have made purposeful decisions to make us less competitive, uh, as if that's not going to influence business investment, uh, either domestic businesses investing in their existing companies or starting new companies, or foreigners investing in Canada. And unfortunately, the data from the middle to late 2014 till now is very clear. Uh, domestic businesses are reducing investment. Small business startup rates are declining. And investment by foreigners ha- has basically collapsed. It's down over 75% wow. uh, since 2007. And so uh, for governments behave as if private business investment doesn't matter, that it's not the foundation for future jobs, for future economic growth, and for future prosperity broadly, i think is quite irresponsible and yet you've got a federal finance minister who has repeatedly said that he doesn't believe the business leaders in the country Uh, he's skeptical of the business investment data Uh, you've got a number of provincial premiers saying similar things to me which is just basically sticking their heads in the sand and saying we're going to keep doing what we're doing even though the data is increasingly telling us we have a problem in terms of attracting and retaining. Uh, entrepreneurs, business investors, um, foreign investors, um, which again is the foundation for a prosperous private economy.
0: Um, You're right, according to the Fraser Institute's annual global petroleum survey, which surveys upstream oil and gas executives, uncompetitive policies, and regulatory uncertainty are largely to blame for our dwindling attractiveness. So is that part and parcel of what you've talked to us about or is this a separate concern?
1: Well, it, it's actually a bit of both. So one of the, I think, uh, perceptions, particularly in Ottawa, but, but to a lesser extent in Western Canada, is that these policies don't matter because we're lucky enough to have oil and gas in the ground. And because you know, we're a modern democracy, uh, rule of law still, still has some sway in the country, a pretty safe place to invest it that we can monkey around with all these policies, uh, put ourselves in a position where we're not competitive and we're still going to attract investment. And, and the problem with that is uh, we are now seeing three years of declining investment um, at, Sorry, at a time where Australia is experiencing an increase, Norway is experiencing an increase, the UK, particularly the United States. And so it's not as if all the energy-producing countries that are similar to us, are in a similar situation they're benefiting from investment and expansion while canadian companies are struggling continuing to struggle not investing in canada and, and again it is driven by decisions we have made to increase taxes to introduce national carbon pricing even though all of our competitors have moved away from it or most of our competitors uh to not move on by reducing taxes even though the united states has introduced sweeping tax reform and so on policy issue after policy issue, Canada has not moved to remain competitive. And again, th- this really should be a bipartisan recognition. I mean, I, I would go back to the Chrétien years federally, where there was a keen focus on getting competitive. In fact, the Chrétien Liberals laid the foundation for us to be an incredibly competitive country when it comes to business taxes. Uh, and to hear the comments of the, the Prime Minister, the Minister of Finance, and the opposition parties, Uh, To me, there is just a fundamental misunderstanding of the depth and nature of the problem that we as a country are facing right now in terms of competitiveness.
0: Well, if you're looking at the, I mean, the templates are there. You look at the international situation, you look at countries around the world, The ones that you mentioned specifically that are doing better, where their economies are growing and they're taking advantage of what they have available to them. The templates are there for our government. Is it just stupidity that we're, I mean, what's driving this?
1: Well, I, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I think we've really moved away from the pragmatism of the Chrétien period, uh, where we had a general consensus. And pe- I think people, Canadians, have forgotten. I mean, we had NDP governments balancing their budgets, cutting business taxes, making sure they were competitive. I would particularly point out Lauren Calvert and Roy Romano in Saskatchewan, who uh, I, I still don't think get the full recognition for the, the reforms that they introduced. Uh, we had liberal governments across the country, particularly at the federal level with Prime Minister Kratien, where there was a general consensus that, as a small open economy, we had to get competitive on taxes and regulations to attract and retain businesses, entrepreneurs, and investment. Uh, and for one reason or another, uh, we've we've really gotten off that path. And particularly, I think right now. We have very ideological governments federally and in a number of provinces where they just don't seem interested in the nuts and bolts of competitiveness, which even if you want a progressive social agenda, you should still have a recognition that you have to pay for it somehow. Mm -hmm. And, And the payment for that social progressive agenda has to come from the private sector. And so if you're derelict in promoting the private sector, making sure you're competitive, Uh, The resources that you want to use for social programs just aren't there, and and I think that's exactly what we've seen in Alberta. It's certainly what we're seeing federally, uh, and it's certainly what we've seen for a while in Ontario.
0: Well, you mentioned Alberta. Alberta, for so many years, has been the backstop for the Canadian economy. If things were iffy or dicey elsewhere, we knew that Alberta was going to be strong and their economy was powerful, and uh, with with the natural resources, they would be able to, again, backstop Pretty much the entire country, and yet now Alberta finds itself in the uh, unwanted child position as far as the federal government is concerned. And then statistically, I look at your uh, your, your your blog piece, uh, the results show the investment climate in Alberta, Canada's major energy-producing province, lags far behind 2014 levels when the province ranked 14th out of 156 jurisdictions worldwide. In 2017, Alberta ranked 33rd of 97 and was Canada's second-least attractive jurisdiction to invest. That's scary.
1: No, and and it is a kind of case study in what, what happens, right? What happens when you increase business taxes, personal income taxes, when you introduce carbon pricing, again, that's not competitive, when, your other juris- when other competing jurisdictions aren't doing it, when you increase regulations, particularly labor and industrial regulations, those things matter because firms are looking at, well, where do we want to put our investment dollars? And we don't have to go to Alberta. We can go to Saskatchewan. We can go to the United States, Australia. I mean, go down the list of other industrialized countries that are energy-producing jurisdictions that are all to investing in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so... When you have business leaders like the CEO of Suncours saying they're not going to happen in Canada anymore, I mean, that should have been a wake-up call. I, like, I don't know why we needed now over 14 business leaders, sorry, CEOs, major international companies saying Canada has a problem. I, I don't know why we need more. I mean, the data is very clear. The experience of the last three years, I think it's fairly clear. Um, but again, we have finance ministers and certainly in governments who just seem quite detached and disinterested in the issue of competitiveness
0: yeah i won't keep you too much longer i think a lot of that's driven by ego but that's just my point of view um well i
1: well i think part of it to be honest
0: sorry to interrupt, but I, I think part of it is a lack of experience i mean
1: we do have a number i mean the prime minister yeah, but we have advisors
0: i mean you're, you're well, talking to me right now the, the advice is there it's readily available to them
1: well, the advice was there in Ontario, for example, under McGinnis. Well, that's true. His that's true. inner circle, which is now the Prime Minister's inner circle, yeah. was just disinterested in that. I mean, again, there really is, I, I, and I do think it's not purposeful. I, I think it's just a disinterest in fundamental economics and fundamental policy about how do you grow an economy, how do you attract business investment and entrepreneurs and then you can talk about your social agenda because then you have a robust economy from which you can exactly. use resources for those purposes. Exactly.
0: When I spoke with the Auditor General for Ontario uh, not so long ago, she seemed bewildered by some of the decisions made by the Wynn government. Uh, and here we have it at a national level. And then you point out in, the, uh, in your blog piece, I'll just quote, Unfortunately, the erosion of investment in Canada is not limited to the energy sector. As shown by a recent analysis, and then you point out where that is, uh, Canada ranks second last among 17 industrialized countries for business investment. How do we recover?
1: Well, I, I think the first thing is we have to send signals like the Chrétien government did, which is we get it, right? So we have to have plans in place to move to a balanced budget within two, three years at the most. Uh, we clearly have to introduce tax reform, particularly on the business side and the personal income tax side, to get us competitive. Uh, and those things have to be done in a relatively short period, not, not a five-year, ten-year plan, but rather a two-year plan. Those are exactly the lessons that we got uh, from the Chrétien era. And for those interested, uh, we have a, a project called the uh, End of the Chrétien Consensus that's available on our website that outlines this. Um, and I also think on the regulatory front. I mean, we, we clearly have to get our regulations in line with other major industrialized countries so that get, we are competitive again, so that when business leaders and entrepreneurs and investors start looking around, Canada is back up at that top list of the group uh, with other major countries like Australia, like the United States, as a place that you can do business.
0: So we would uh, quote the prime minister, but we would place his his quote in a in a different story and that is Canada is back it would be Canada is back because we have understood and realized the damage that's been done with the regulations and with overly high taxes and introducing taxes that are not going to be uh, constructive for the economy like the carbon tax so Canada would be back as far as an investment opportunity is concerned but you're going to have to you're really going to have to prove it to the investors that's what's going to be necessary well, that's
1: right I, Rhetoric is not i mean sorry particularly as there has been very strong anti-business rhetoric, particularly by the federal government over yeah. the last two years. Yeah. So this isn't about rhetoric. This is going to be about the budget in February, uh, which is a little more than six months away, which will be the election budget, uh, federal election budget for next year. Does it actually have a path to a balanced budget? Does it actually introduce tax reform, particularly for businesses and personal uh, income tax? Um, I, Unfortunately, I'm, I'm skeptical because, again, I just I don't see any signal that we have governments in Canada outside of the perhaps the recent election uh, in uh, in Ontario and certainly in Saskatchewan. I, I just don't get a sense that this is a top of mind issue for most of our leaders in
0: the country. Unfortunately, Mr. Clemens, good talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure.
1: Have a wonderful holiday weekend.
0: Thank you. You as well. Happy Canada Day. Jason Clemens, the executive vice president of the Fraser Institute and the co-author of Competitiveness Should Be a Priority for Finance Ministers. That's on the Fraser Institute blog. I'm going to have time for a couple of calls at 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Based on what you've just heard this hour, just on what you've heard this hour, I know, I know you have other sources, and we've talked about the problems Canada faces because of the people who are running it at the moment, but is it your sense, is it your sense that if for no other reason the Trudeau government must be defeated next October because of their mishandling of the economy, their mishandling of taxes, and their mishandling of business? 800-263-2428. If you're a business owner, I'd really like to hear from you. 800-263-2428. Is it time for the Trudeau government to be fired because of their mishandling of our economy, our business, our entrepreneurs, and our futures? 800-263-2428.
1: He has been called many things, but we just call him Roy. This is the Roy Green Show.
0: Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. At the Roy Green Show, Michelle Rempel joins us at the top of the next hour. We have about a minute here. That's all that's left in this hour. So, Rick in Edmonton, uh, why don't you uh, fill that minute for us with your thoughts on what I asked.
1: Well, you know, I couldn't agree more, Roy, and I really appreciate your programming. And, And I want to say thanks for having the CFIB on and all the information that they've put forward business owner in Edmonton, Alberta. My family's done business since the early 1900s here, but I am so disgusted by not just the federal, but the provincial, and now our our city government is uh, emulating all three. We, as a business owner, we have three governments against us, and there's been a lot of studies that have shown where business is leaving, not just the country, they're leaving our city because of taxation and by far by far i can't understand roy and
0: rick Rick, i'm sorry i only have 10 seconds i wish i'd had more time for calls but tell me this would you consider under any circumstances just packing up and leaving
1: i I definitely
0: okay rick i thank you for the call sir we will get more calls on this issue going forward i promise we'll take a break and be right back